0: This
1: is High Motor by BetMGM, ahead of college football week two, ahead of NFL week one. Andrew Dowdy and Chase Kitty here on the Thursday, September 9th episode of High Motor by BetMGM. If you're new to the show, new episodes every Monday, every Thursday. Usually on Monday we'll react to the previous week's stuff. Get into a little bit of betting stuff, maybe some stuff that we learned, recapping some positions that we took, how those panned out, etc. But mostly non-betting stuff on Monday. And then come back on Thursday, as you'll see here, for a longer uh, episode in which we give out our positions for the week chase usually runs through i mean last week was an exception what you gave like i you said you gave out 33 college football picks or 34
0: or something like yeah, that it was it was a lot we don't usually give out that many we're not a volume show
1: i mean you, you're gonna give out more than i will every single week because you're just deeper into this but on an average week you're probably giving out like 15 college football picks maybe
0: yeah, I would say more like uh like eight picks and then probably another eight like hey, I'm keeping my eye on this, maybe you should too if you like it. Yeah. Uh more like leans. And
1: then another what do you got 16 in your 2K parlay for a day? 16
0: so. legs in the parlay this week. Yep.
1: And we're not going to go through every single college football game. We'll go through every NFL game. Uh you and I will probably have a combined like 4 to 7 or 4 to 8 positions on the 16 games each week or depending on bye weeks. 4-7 to seven maybe positions, and then it sounds like we'll probably have you go through every game that you're not taking. Really quickly explain why you're not, just so if anybody has any questions about it, they can always follow up with you on Twitter, at ChaseAKitty, uh, after the show. But ping us with any specific questions, betting or not, at HighMotorPod on Twitter. So we're doing Week 1 NFL betting today. It seems like everybody is coming onto to the Packers, think they're going to have a great season. Everybody's coming off the Saints. Anyways, this line opened at plus 3 Green Bay, I believe. Uh, I took it at three right when it opened. I think it was like two or two and a half months ago. I'm not even sure what the number was. I haven't looked at that ticket in a long time. I believe it's up to Packers minus four and a half right now. It is. I still feel really good about that number. Have you taken this yet at any number between plus three and minus four and a half?
0: Yeah, uh, you took it at three. I took it Monday morning at four. So, uh, this is an interesting game for a lot of reasons. And some of which are the ones you talked about, how everybody's jumping off of the Saints. Everybody's jumping onto the Packers now there and Rogers is back in the fold. I think one of the things that people are not necessarily talking about with this game is where it's being played because here's where it's not being played, Louisiana. So they have moved this game to Jacksonville. It, it, an interesting story. They act, uh, New Orleans explicitly wanted to play this game in a place that would be hard for Green Bay fans to reach. To make it, hey, you know, if it's going to be a neutral site, let's make it as uh, least neutral for us as possible. Which, understandable, it was supposed to be a home game. Uh, But evidently there is a large uh, pack of Packers fans in Central Florida. in, In the Florida area, which I totally can buy because... I mean, we all know that Florida is, is a big retirement state. Uh, I have a lot of family from West Virginia. A lot of my family has moved to Florida. So I, I can totally imagine in a very similar way people from Wisconsin moving to Florida to retire. Uh, so I, I, can, I can totally believe that about the Packers thing. So this, interestingly, has gone from a Saints home game to a neutral site game that's not supposed to pay favor the Packers to now kind of is a neutral site game that might favor the Packers a little bit. All of that is kind of, I mean, it's interesting, and it's worth keeping in mind before you place your bet. I still think even if it was in New Orleans and in the Superdome and Loud and the whole thing, I'd still be taking the Packers because I have no idea what this Saints team is going to look like this year. I mean, we all know what Jameis did two years ago in Tampa with the stats and, and the crazy amount of touchdowns and the crazy amount of interceptions. It had never been done before. I think it was 30 touchdowns and 30 picks in the same season. Uh, so, and, and some amount of yardage might be tacked onto that too. I don't know. I, just, I trust what the Packers are right now. Four is not some crazy number to lay. I think four and a half is not some crazy number to lay. I would probably take this up to six. Green Bay is the side and uh, you you can feel good about the fact that yes, you're taking a public team, but if you're going to take a public team, week one is a pretty good time to do that.
1: You had mentioned that Tampa Dallas game and when this airs on Thursday morning, we'll still have a little bit of time to get in those Thursday night bets. I don't want to spend too much time on that. You had mentioned combined into a three T three team teaser parlay. Did you want to circle back to that game at all? Because I think Tampa was at seven or seven and a half when we talked about it, we record that episode on Sunday night now on Wednesday night, Tampa's at minus eight. I'm not taking a side on this game. I'm going to kind of follow what you said before. If you had to take one side or the other, you'd probably take Tampa. Again, I think it was at seven and a half. If I had to take it, I would probably follow the public because the public is going heavy on the Bucks right now. I would probably take Tampa minus eight. Anything to circle back to on this game?
0: Yeah, just to repeat, the teaser was taking six points off of the Buffalo, Pittsburgh game, so ha- being on the Bills side there, which basically makes it a pick 'em. You're taking the Buff, uh, the Bills, basically to win. Uh, you're teasing Tampa down to what was at the time minus one and a half would now be minus two. And uh, the Rams are playing Chicago in LA, and you'd be teasing that down to minus one and a half as well. Six team, uh, three team, six point teaser is what that is. I think it paid like plus one forty two. Uh, that's that's what I like. A lot of people are doing this teaser, but instead of Buffalo, they're going with the Niners. I, ju- I don't love that. That's That just feels a little more dangerous to me. Some people are going to say mine feels more dangerous. I don't trust Pittsburgh to beat Buffalo. I just think Buffalo is clearly the better team and uh, the, the historical power of the Steelers are not going to scare me away from taking what I think is clearly the better team. So that's the teaser that I have. I, just to circle back to the, the actual game part of this Tampa is a better team than Dallas in a lot of ways right now. But the the really convincing part of this to me is Tampa's defensive front against Dallas's offensive line. We have talked before about how everybody always associates Dallas with the offensive line because one time five years ago, they had a good offensive line. It's not quite the same anymore. People have left. Uh, The the cap hit for this unit is much greater. They're down multiple starters because of COVID and because of injuries and and all this other stuff, even of the players that are still with this team. So this is going to be, I think, at the line of scrimmage, this is going to be a bloodbath in Tampa's favor. And I think Dallas could still score some points. I think they could get a backdoor cover. I think the over is absolutely in play here. But if, if I have to bet this game straight up, no teaser, and I have to take a side, like I said, I'm betting Tampa, but it's it's specifically for that reason. Um, I, I'm not convinced that that the offense for Tampa is just going to pick right back where they left off, and, and Brady's going to be you know, slinging touchdowns around, and they're going to be running the ball super effectively and, and all that. I, I just think they have such a massive advantage at the line of scrimmage in this game, particularly when Dallas has the ball, that Tampa's the side.
1: It's actually at eight and a half right now. I mean, it was at wow. eight, probably a half hour it's up again ago. then, because I think so it was
0: eight sp- pretty recently. <laughs> yeah. yeah,
1: yeah, I think it was like a half hour ago. Do you remember where you compared the Cowboys' offensive line to? It was like two weeks ago you made a comment. Do you remember? I, I don't know. Washington football? <laughs> How did that go for the Huskies on Saturday?
0: Hey, go Grizz, am I right?
1: <laughs> Maybe we'll see a similar outcome. Uh, where do you want to go now? I don't have a ton of NFL notes here. Uh, you want to go back and touch on, like, any, like Bills, Steelers? Are you betting any of those sides at all in addition to the teaser? Uh, where do you want to go with these numbers now?
0: I think my favorite bet of the week is right up I-95 from me. Uh, and and from, from my new home, I can pretty much spit and hit I-95. And the Chargers coming east for a 1 p.m. game with Washington. L.A. opens as a one-point favorite. This has Washington written all over it. And I am not a Washington fan. A lot of people in Virginia are. I'm not. So this is not some burgundy skewed pick that I have here. The number is perfect. This screams that the book wants you to take the Chargers. It's that classic West Coast early game thing. And I really trust Washington's defense going up against the Chargers offensive line that Charitably is mediocre and that we it's never really been right kind of in my entire adult life I think the Washington defense is going to tee off on this I don't know how many points they need to score to win, but I think they can do it I think when you look at what Washington's offense was last year and the Just kind of tragic collection of quarterbacks that they played Ryan Fitzpatrick might not be a Hall of Famer or anything, but I think he's an upgrade from what they played with last year. I think they can run the ball, and the defense is going to keep them in this game. I love Washington plus one. It's my favorite bet of the week. I like it so much. I'm actually picking Washington in, like, survivor pools and pick em pools, even though they're not considered the favorite in this game right now. That's how much I like that side. So that is my favorite NFL play of the week.
1: Doesn't that Niners-Lions game kind of feel like the week one survivor pick that crushes two thirds of the league. Doesn't it, that's what that game, it's like the survivor crusher of the week.
0: And you can, you can see all of the ripples from that loss where like, uh, let's, let's say even maybe that, that San Francisco wins, but it's close and they win by like three and everybody's all of a sudden high on Detroit. Like, uh, you know, people are writing think piece articles like is, drinking four Red Bulls a day the new successful way to lead an NFL franchise and everybody's freaking out in San Francisco and saying we got to get Trey Lance in there we got to get Trey Lance in there and there's a massive quarterback controversy meanwhile seven weeks from now the Lions are like two and six and everything's probably fine in San Francisco but in week one everybody was freaking out that's just I can see the whole thing from a mile away so that's I'm just. I don't want anything to do with that Detroit San Francisco game. I could see maybe an under in play. I think that's going to be ugly. I don't. I just. I stay away from that. I don't want that.
1: You want to talk about this Jets Panthers game?
0: Sure. I like. Uh, it's the only money line I'm taking uh, as as a straight bet this week. I I like Carolina, and, and I don't. I was high on Carolina in the off season. I actually mentioned this game in our NFC South preview. I think Carolina wins this game. I don't necessarily want to lay the amount of points that I have to lay to take Carolina, uh, but I I like this. I like Carolina here. I like the coaching. I like the upgraded quarterback that, that I think Darnold probably is, and I like the. I I think the Jets might be kind of semi decent this year. I mean, I I don't think they're going to win a lot of games, but competitively, I think they'll be better. I think they'll be in more games this this year. I'm just not sure what it's going to look like in week one. So I kind of trust the consistency that Carolina now has under Matt Rule versus everything is completely brand new with the Jets in week one. That's why I want the money line, uh, but not necessarily the uh, Carolina point spread. Don't do the thing that people mess up with, though, which is, well, I, I want to win. If I bet $50 on Carolina minus the point spread, I would win $45. So... Instead of betting50 dollars on the Carolina money line and only winning you know 25 dollars, I'm gonna bet two and a half times the principal so I can get relatively the same amount of pay. No, no, that's not how this works. Don't do that. Bet a normal amount of money and just you're gonna have a reduced payout and we're good with that. That's fine.
1: Number on that game right now, like you said, Panthers minus 225. is your ticket at 225?
0: Uh, I I have written down here. Let me see. I can I can pull my ticket up. I th- it's something like two twenty five. Yeah, it's in the yeah. neighborhood.
1: Jets are at plus one eighty five. They're a five point underdog, minus one ten. Obviously, they're two twenty five. Uh, p- yeah, two twenty five. Uh, the number on that game, the total on that game, forty four and a half. The other game that I really want to talk talk to you about, I think that you mentioned you might have taken this game too. Broncos at oh, yeah. Giants. That's one of the afternoon games. Yep. I think we actually have one, two, three. Four late games Browns, Chiefs, Dolphins, Patriots, Broncos, Giants, and then that Packers, Saints game. So, right now, the Broncos are a two and a half point favorite on the road. I know how much you love home dogs. Giants plus 2.5, a little bit difference in the VIG there. Minus 105 for the Giants at plus two and a half. Minus 115 for the Broncos as a two and a half point road favorite. The total on this game, I think it's the lowest of the week. Let me just scroll through. Yeah, 41 and a half. I don't think any other game is actually below. Dolphins, Patriots, 43. So, the total in this game, 41 and a half. Are you touching this one?
0: Yeah, I love the Giants here. You're telling me the Broncos are laying points on the road? Like, are you kidding me? Uh, so, I mean, neither one of these teams are all that good. But the Giants, as a home dog, this this is such a sharp pick, I think. Uh, I, I think there's a chance it goes to three. Uh, so, maybe you want to hold out and see if you can get the three. But even at two and a half, I mean, this... this this just feels great to me. I Like you said, I think you said this. They opened, I think, uh, like one, one and a half, and then, then it's been bet up to two and a half. The Giants are just the right side here. And, and, you know, maybe you end up losing this bet, but this is one of those things where even if I lose this bet, I feel like I'm on the right side. This just feels like the right side. This is a sharp, kind of uncomfortable, uh, but ultimately I think the right uh, side to, to get Giants plus two and a half, maybe Giants plus three here. And I'm just not gonna lay points with the Broncos. Like that's that's a terrible idea. So looking forward to that one because I think it's a sharp pick.
1: I believe I haven't looked at the ticket handle splits uh, since I don't know this morning or so. I believe it was a 50-50 split roughly for that handle on that game, but the Broncos were dominating tickets. That was like a two-thirds, one-third split. So it seems like most of you know if sharp money is on that, is gonna agree with you. Uh, I think it was like 33 or something percent Giants for the tickets, but they were at 50% for the handle. Any other NFL games? If not, what games are you not taking? I think we haven't mentioned, I don't know, 10 or 11 games. What games are you not taking and why?
0: Yeah, so pretty much everything else I'm going to stay away from. I like to be a little conservative on week one. I don't want to bet everything on the board. You know, three, four, five picks. I get my NFL slate set early in the week. Maybe later in the week, I see some sort of opportunity because of line movement. But for the most part, I keep my card nice and tidy, not a ton of picks. So everything else that I haven't mentioned, I'm not betting. And I could go through game by game and kind of kind of explain why. Uh, L.A., Chicago, I, it's just there's a lot of new stuff going on there. I don't know what the Matt Stafford offense is going to look like. They always say McVeigh's offense is, is prejudiced on his ability to run the ball. Well, the starting running back is already done for the year. So I, I think I, I, that's more of a wait and see for me. I think I have a lean on the under there, but that's that's a wait and see for me. Arizona-Tennessee, kind of the same situation. I don't know what Tennessee's offense is going to look like without Arthur Smith. I don't know what that defense is going to look like. Period. So that's a stay away from me. Lean on the over perhaps, but uh, just a general thing. And you're you're going to see you're going to see a pattern here with a lot of these games. Seattle-Indianapolis. I don't know what the Indianapolis offense is going to look like. Uh, I do know that they opened. Uh, Indy did opened as a two and a half point favorite. They have been bet all the way to a three point underdog. So a pretty massive swing there. Uh, that tells you how much confidence people have in the Indianapolis offense uh, with whatever is going on there with Carson Wentz and the backups and and just kind of a it's kind of a mess. I wonder if there is some buyback value there on Indy, but I will be staying away. Jacksonville at Houston. I mean, forget about it, man. Like, why would you bet this game? I should mention here, I guess, that there is a pretty compelling statistic that underdogs that played divisional games in week one, uh, I think this is over the last seven or eight years, uh, the underdog has a 26-9-3 record against the spread. 26 wins, nine losses, three pushes. So that's a great stat, but that means you're betting on Houston plus three. And I wouldn't want to do that, and I also wouldn't want to lay the points with Jacksonville, so that's pretty terrible. Uh Minnesota at Cincinnati. I mean, maybe Minnesota's decent again this year. Maybe their defensive line messes up the terrible offensive line that the Cincinnati has put in front of Joe Burrow, but I don't really want to touch that game. Uh Philly at Atlanta, I mean, I, I don't know what to do with either one of those teams. New regimes there both ways. San Francisco at Detroit, we have touched on, feels very trappy to me. Cleveland and Kansas City is an interesting one because a lot of people. I mean, that's that's I think easily the most interesting game of the day. Yeah. A lot of people probably going to be betting on Kansas City, maybe the money line, may, maybe laying the points. I just that's given a good team like Cleveland six and a half mm. points. I think that's a little scary, uh, but I, I wouldn't want to stand in Kansas City's way either. So that's that's a no for me. Miami plus three in New England. This is another one that falls in that divisional games of round one, uh, stat that we talk about. So Mm -hmm. Miami plus three would be the underdog in the week one divisional game. That's probably the closest thing I had to a play of all of these past games that I have is is taking Miami plus the three. I would even consider, I think Miami is an outright dog, uh, I don't know why we're, we're laying points with a New England team whose quarterback is playing his first professional game. He's a rookie, and they were pretty incompetent last year uh, offensively. Defensively, they were fine, and I get that it's Belichick. It's just, I don't know. that That's that's just a weird game to me that I want to stay away from. And then Las Vegas hosting the Ravens. We've talked before how the, the, the Raiders under – uh, under Gruden have been pretty good through the first five, six, seven weeks of the season. And then they kind of fall off a cliff. So I would not be surprised to see the Raiders cover this spread. I just, I don't want to do that. I, I'm not doing that to myself. So uh, if, if that number gets out of hand, I might bet it late, but for now that's a pass.
1: I'm trying to find this stat that I have on the Raiders and I can't find it. The Raiders are five and four on Monday night football since 2010 there's 65 and 101 in every other game. Wow.
0: That's incredible. 65 and
1: 101. A really And that stat. doesn't that doesn't get into what you mentioned the the early So if you combine the early season or week one under Gruden them looking competent before they fall apart, combining that with this, is there any sort of thing that you can do there? Maybe we circle back on Monday's episode before that, see if that line moves. I think you said it's at 4.5 right now. Yeah, 4.5, the Raiders, 4.5 point home dog, plus 1, just lost it, plus 165 on the money line. Ravens minus 200
0: on the money line, uh, minus Uh, 4.5 obviously in the spread. I had a couple picks that I was trying to decide between for this Airhorn pick, but ultimately I'm going to go with this. And I'll, I'll tell you what the runner-up was in a little bit. Uh, Rutgers is laying two at Syracuse and the only explanation that I can think of for why Rutgers is only a two-point favorite is that the name of the football team is Rutgers if you put any other competent football team's name on there that sort of lives in Rutgers neighborhood and looks like they do they would not be a two-point favorite at Syracuse they would be like I don't know a nine-and-a-half-point favorite at and like,
1: Rutgers doesn't deserve anything from us, but I feel like Rutgers' name is still thrown out there as, like, a Kansas. Right. And they're not great. Yeah, Shiano but has that's still been playing
0: a, pretty decent. Yeah,
1: Temple sucks, but, I mean, good teams obliterate bad teams, and that's what they did. Exactly. So I feel like it's almost unfair, this perception that Rutgers is just still a horrible team.
0: Absolutely. So I, I think it's it's total bullshit that this is only a two-point line. If... I. I like, it's so bad to the point where I almost wanted to react and go, wow, that's a fishy line. Except I think I know why it's fishy. It's because it's Rutgers at Syracuse, and that doesn't draw the eye. You don't think, ooh, definitely want to lay points with Rutgers on the road. But but I think this is a case where the market actually hasn't caught up with what Rutgers is and has become over the last you know, 10, 11 games, and, and that is... A pretty decent football team. So I will happily lay two points on the road with the Scarlet Knights in an old big East game. What was the runner up? It's Toledo plus nine and a half for the first half at Notre Dame. And I mean, I would I would just as easily tell you to take Toledo plus the 17 for the full game, but I really like the first half line because it's an offense that's capable of scoring points. Meanwhile, Notre Dame played late, right? So they play a Sunday night, highly emotional, highly competitive game that goes to overtime. They win in overtime. Their coach says that he wants to execute the team in a botched joke that's a reference to something 45 years ago that wasn't that big of a deal, but the internet freaked out about it for two and a half days. And... I don't know how much that part has. I just had a lot of anxiety about it this week. Like, guys, let's let's pick a battle here that actually matters. This one doesn't. Uh, and then they now have to come home and play a good team that's easy to overlook on a short week. They probably didn't even practice, didn't even play, didn't do anything Monday, which means you're talking about uh, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday practice, Friday walkthrough, Saturday game. And you know this is Toledo's biggest game of the year. They, they want to get up for this game so hard. I love the idea of getting nine and a half points in the first half. Slow start for Notre Dame, Toledo covers.
1: You want to hop into your 2K parlay because I think I confirmed this with you before the show. They're all college football picks, unless I missed one. No, they're
0: all college football. $5 to win $2,271.85. And I got to tell you, as I feel about as good as you can feel on a $40,000 bet. Uh, I I feel pretty solid about this. So here we go. Ohio State money line. Rutgers money line. Florida Atlantic money line. TCU money line. South Alabama money line. Texas State plus one and a half. USC money line. Oregon State money line. New Mexico. New Mexico State under 56. Texas A&M money line coastal Carolina minus 25 Minnesota money line Tulsa Oklahoma state under 53 Buffalo plus 13 and a half that's for you Here it is. Pitt, Tennessee under 56 and a half army money line
1: if you did not catch all those just ping chase on Twitter at chase a kitty you can send them to them in a DM or whatever you want to be very clear You've hit the 2K parlay before. Like we don't, we're not doing this. Right. This is not just a $5 lottery ticket. In some ways it is because the odds are so gigantic at 40,000, but I want to make that very clear. You have hit this a couple of times in the last few years. So this is not a lottery ticket. You're not going to win.
0: Yeah. And I, I mean, I do bet it like, right. I'm holding this ticket. It's not, it's not just a thing. I dial up like I really do put $5 on this. And then I see how long into the weekend I go. Last week didn't get very far. <laughs> this week, you know, let's try to survive Coastal Carolina on Friday night and go from there. Like that's that's kind of how it works. That's that's the whole point of this. That's how it started. Is how how late can I can I make it past the weekday games? Okay, we got to Saturday. Can I get to the three thirty games? Oh, this is starting to get pretty real. Like, <laughs> uh, and then uh, you know, in, in great opportunity in, in great scenarios. You maybe give yourself a couple of hedge positions. And in the ultimate scenario, you turn $5 into two grand.
1: Only two like true headliner games this week. So that's where we'll start Oregon at Ohio State, Iowa at Iowa State. Let's start with Iowa at Iowa State. I'm just not comfortable taking a side on this. If I had to, I would say Iowa plus four and a half. I look like an idiot now because on Monday's episode, I think I said that this number was at four. When it went off of the board at some point on Saturday, we were talking on Sunday, and there's no way it's going to come back at this. I would think that Iowa's going to to go down to Iowa, maybe plus one and a half or two. You get three and a half. It actually went up to Iowa plus four and a half. I would rather look at the total in this game. Right now it's 46 and a half. I'd rather bet on a 24-21 game than a five-point Iowa State win or a close loss for Iowa. You look back at the last few years, it's kind of weird going back to that 2017 game where they combined for 85 points. That is not what this Seahawks game is. 35 total points last year, only 16 points in 2018. Are you taking a side on this one? Or are you going to join me on the under 46 and a half?
0: Uh, just to circle back to your comment about the under, uh, back when I was writing edge sorting, which was my gambling column for hero sports, uh, before MGM acquired this before before Bet MGM acquired this, uh, I did a whole write-up about the Seahawks the under. So it is real. It's, it's generally a pretty solid bet. I can see it coming in again for you this weekend. I think if you're going to take this, Iowa State's the side. And I think the rule of college football week two is don't overreact to week one. And that's, that's going to be here in a couple of bets that I recommend. This is the first one. The idea that... We only have one data point to react to. So completely reorient how you feel about a team based on that one data point. Don't do it. Even if it's, even if it's a dramatic loss to an FCS school. Even if it's a close win over an FCS school where they were favored to win by 30-some points. You have to play the number in front of you. And if you're not comfortable laying four points with Iowa State here, fine. If you think Iowa is the better team, fine. Make your pick. But don't overreact to the results last week, which were dramatically in favor of Iowa and dramatically not in favor of Iowa State. You know everybody is banging Iowa right now. Everybody with a sportsbook account, everybody with an MGM account, loves them some Iowa right now. And yet, the line really hasn't moved that much. Maybe half a point. So that should tell you something. That there are a lot of pros that are still on the Iowa State side of this. And I would be very careful about going hard on Iowa because I do think Iowa State's the right side.
1: Oregon at Ohio State, that number right now, Ohio State a 14 and a half point favor. The total is up there, 64. Obviously Ohio State huge on the money line at minus 750. Oregon coming in at plus 525. If I saw correctly earlier today, earlier today, the public is just going berserk on Ohio State at BetMGM. elsewhere this number is just too big for me. I, I'm, I have, I subscribe to your belief. Let's calm down on week one, week one concerned me for Oregon nonetheless. And I get that maybe Fresno state is just good with Thibodeau out. Something might have weird just happened with Oregon. I don't have any trust that this, I I, I can't get a good read on this number is the bottom line here. I'm curious if you can.
0: Yeah, this is a pass for me for any number of reasons. Um, if I was going to bet it, I would bet Ohio State and lay the points. And, and I think ultimately that's that's going to be the side that comes in. I think Oregon maybe is not quite as good as people thought. I think maybe the quarterback, not quite as good as people thought. Thibodeau is is hurt. We're pretty sure he's not going to play. I mean, it's it, your chances aren't great when you immediately come back onto the field during the week one game and you're already in a walking boot. So I I think uh, I'm expecting him not to play. I don't know if there's an official designation already or not, but that's what I'm expecting. Uh, Ohio State comes home. They've got to lay 14, 14 and a half. This number is probably only going to get bigger. So if you want to bet it, you better bet it now. I I think Ohio State's the side. I I don't think... I, I mean, I heard somebody recently describe Ohio State as an SEC team that plays in the North. And I think that's accurate. I think the way that they... Play. I think the way they play 60 minutes is great for for your ability to cover and and hit overs. I think that the roster is very good, has high-level talent, and is very deep. And it looks like, offensively, they're still going to be pretty good. So, uh, yes, I think Oregon is probably better than Minnesota, and this is a tougher challenge. But I I just don't expect Ohio State not to cover this number at this point. So I would be looking at, if you want to bet it, I would be looking at the... Uh, the Ohio State side and the over, because like I said, I think they're going to play offense for 60 minutes. I think Oregon could potentially end up being down a lot and have to pick up the pace and try to score to keep up. And I think uh, an Ohio State and over parlay could be, uh, could be a solid ticket.
1: I want to get to the game that I think you hinted at when you said it's not overreact to week one, because I'm pretty sure I know which game you're talking about. But let's take a little pit stop here at Friday night. You had mentioned the Kansas-Coastal Carolina game. I think you took Coastal spread in your 2K parlay, 25 points, right? Yep, and I have it as a yep. uh,
0: single play as well.
1: I want to talk about the under 52 here because the Kansas offense was too dysfunctional against a an FCS team that you just said was an average FCS not, team. Yeah, average not defense, very good. Yep. Average across the board. It was good. just too dysfunctional against that average team for me to think that they're suddenly going to score three touchdowns at a top 25 team with a good, pretty good defense. I mean, maybe they keep it within 25. I'm not taking a side on this, but maybe they do. And it's, you know, 35-13 loss. But I think the defense showed enough against South Dakota, even though South Dakota is a bad team, Kansas was at least competent that they, they showed enough where they might not be totally inept this year against bad teams. Not that Coastal Carolina is a bad team. But I'm strongly considering the under here and looking for like I said, like that 35 to 13 game, that 40 to 10 type of game. And I know you already mentioned this game in your 2K parlay, but anything else before we get to that next game that I mentioned?
0: Uh, sometimes gambling is really simple. I'm not saying it's easy, but sometimes it can be simple. And Co- Coastal Carolina is four touchdowns better than Kansas, and I gotta lay 25 points. So give me Coastal Carolina. Like that's it's it's that just that simple for me. It's in South Carolina. Kansas isn't good. Coastal Carolina is. They got to lay 25, so I'm doing it.
1: Michigan is a a 6.5 point favorite versus Washington. Was that the game you hinted at?
0: Yes, absolutely.
1: So when you don't do anything offensively for 54 or 55 minutes against Montana, credit to the Grizz, good FCS team, but still. I just don't think this is going to turn around in one week. I mean, you talk about all the time how the book is begging you to take something based upon a number. Maybe the book is begging me to take Michigan at 6.5, and, six and, and I'm going to do it because Michigan is just that much better than Washington. I'm not going to overreact to week one. I'm just going to react to it. And what Washington did, they didn't just go through a couple of lulls of a quarter in that game. They did not score for 55 minutes. After that first possession, I think they ran something like 60 or 65 plays for a total of 260 yards against a good FCS team. I'm not going to overreact to that, so don't panic and flip out on me. That was just pathetic, and I don't really care what Michigan did against Western Michigan aside from their offense. Finally look consistent. I talked about Texas on Monday's episode. It looked like Michigan finally was just making some choices on offense instead of going play by play by play. They had a system. They ran it. They were very methodical in, in whooping up on Western Michigan, especially on offense. This is just a way better team. I don't know if I'm going to go as far as to say what you said about Coastal Carolina. It's simple that Michigan is a touchdown better than Washington. I don't know if it's that simple in this game. I just think Michigan is a far better
0: team. All right. So Washington, like four days ago, was a a one-and-a-half-point dog in Ann Arbor. So at a neutral site, the book has Washington as the favorite. Okay? Okay. Now, after the events of week one, we've got Michigan laying seven. It was six and a half earlier today. It's now up to seven. So Washington's getting the full touchdown. I get that they lost to Montana, and I get that Michigan beat Western Michigan by a million. But starting with the cornerbacks, Washington just is a different team than Western Michigan. All right? And... I'm not going to totally reevaluate Washington. I don't think Washington is some garbage team because they lost to Montana. Sometimes you just lose to an FCS school. My alma mater JMU beat Virginia Tech in 2010. Virginia Tech won the ACC that year. Okay, it just kind of happened. And, and sometimes that. Sometimes you have South Dakota State beating the shit out of Colorado State because they are legitimately a way better team. There's that too. Sometimes that happens. Sometimes Vandy only scores three against East Tennessee State because Vandy sucks.
1: Hold on, is who's a better team, Western Michigan or Montana?
0: Mm, good question. Um, Put them on a
1: neutral site and they play ten times. What's the outcome of those ten games?
0: I think Western Michigan probably wins more, but that's—I mean—that's just the nature of FBS, I would guess. Um, yeah, I, I would say Western. Does Michigan that is the does that team. mean anything for you? Um, I, I don't know. I guess it's a factor, but I think my larger point is just like value. You know, you're, you, you went from a one and a half point dog to a seven point dog. You know, they've got to be pissed off that they lost this game. So they're coming in the way more motivated team. Now, if Michigan really is seven points better, does, does being motivated make up for that sort of talent gap? Probably not, but it. I'm just not going to overreact to that degree. And when this number went to seven, that was the point for me where I was like, okay, I have to bet Washington now. Because more often than not, I'm going to be on the right side of that. I'm going to be on the side that that I'm getting extra value and over the long haul, that pays off. Uh, Now, there's a reason I didn't put this in the parlay, right? Because... I don't even know if I know how to articulate this, but there's just certain things I do want to put in there and certain things I don't want to put in there. And it this seems, even though it's a good bet that wins over the long haul, it also seems like it could go terribly and crash and burn at any minute. So that that's kind of how I look at all of this and how all the pieces fit together for me, is that in theory, this is a good bet for me. Then I, And I'm also acknowledging that it could go terrible.
1: I have two more games, both of which I believe you mentioned your 2K parlay. I want to get your take on betting these separately. Buffalo plus 13.5 at Nebraska, Mm. and then Cal TCU under 48. I think you had TCU money line in that 2K parlay?
0: I believe I do, yeah. I
1: believe you did. This comes down to just no faith in Cal's offense. And both of these teams have been great under teams the last five, six, seven years. And I think that especially... I mean, you've talked about this before. I think that history does apply in some circumstances. We did a full episode on Super Bowl betting, how much history should actually factor in your equation. I think in this circumstance, it really applies here because we kind of know what these programs are, which is a bummer for me because I've been pushing Justin Wilcox for a few years. Even though I like Nevada a lot, it just doesn't appear Cal is moving forward, especially on offense. But I think it's an opportunity then for betting, especially in a week like this where they get – an opponent that we know a lot about on the field and in the books in TCU, this number is 48 right now. Do you want to talk about this game or Buffalo 13 and a half at Nebraska more? Because I think that game is very simple for me.
0: I want to Buffalo talk about is, both of them is the answer.
1: is? Let me ask you this. Is Buffalo a better team than Nebraska? Like, are they flat out a better team?
0: I don't know the answer to that yet. I wouldn't be surprised if they are.
1: Right, and they're getting thirteen and a half.
0: And and I, I don't give a shit that they
1: beat Fordham. I want to say that it opened
0: at eleven and a half, and it's moved to thirteen and a half. So that was part of my reasoning for liking Buffalo. Is I already kind of liked them, and now I'm just getting extra points. Uh, I've I've seen some models that say Buffalo should only be like a seven and a half point underdog in that neighborhood. I, by the way, among the victory laps we took last week, here's one I didn't take, laying the points with Nebraska. (laughs)
1: Was it 41 or whatever?
0: I don't remember what the number it is, but I know I said this is the opportunity to lay the lumber with Nebraska because you know they're going to run up the score and you know they're never going to be in this position again the rest of the season. Uh, So absolutely right on that one. I like now going back against them again after being against them in week zero and on them in week one. I feel like I'm in flow the right way with them, like I'm ebbing and flowing for and against them in exactly the right sort of way. Uh, so I, I, that's a bet more so against Nebraska than I think it is on Buffalo. But sure, take the 13 and a half there and, uh, root for a close game in the fourth quarter and you get your cover. Um, or if you, if you're, uh, an Andrew Nebraska nihilist, you just root for Buffalo to win by 20. TCU Cal, I think what I would want there is, uh, I, I'm, I'm with you. I have the under here on my sheet, actually. Uh, my, my unders for this week. That's not what I'm super confident in, but I am on it and I think it's the right side. Uh I mentioned the New Mexico, New Mexico State under 56. How in the world is that number 56? Like, do you see 56 points getting scored in that game? you see eight touchdowns between those two?
1: It's so high that I'm scared. And I you, you talk about this all the time, but but like that worries me. I feel like you mentioned that more with like a spread. If I didn't see this number, I would have guessed it was like Forty eight. Yeah. Or forty seven. Forty half.
0: half. Yep. Yeah. I, I don't I don't see that. This is a uh this is probably a first half under full game under for me. Like I, I really think that this number is wrong. So I like that one. I like Pitt Tennessee. What's the
1: first half number on this? Sorry.
0: What's uh, the first half it's number? It's probably on like twenty six and a half, like in that neighborhood. Um uh it is sorry, I have uh go ahead. I will come back to it. Pitt Tennessee under fifty seven. Pitt's defense is going to be the the unit that gives this game its shape I don't see 57 points being scored uh, both because of Pitt's defense being good and their offense being eh. uh, and, and then Tennessee just kind of being what they are which is not a very good team so I, I think the under is a great side there as well uh,
1: going back, so that, that first half total on New Mexico, New Mexico State, under 27.5. You get a little bit of juice with that, too, plus 110. The over 27.5 is minus 130, so a little bit of value there uh, at plus 110.
0: Tulsa, Oklahoma State, under 53. Small yep. play there. Don't love it, but I think it's probably the right side. One of my favorite plays of the week. Uh, I talked about going up 95 earlier. Now I'm going to go out 64 to the west. UVA, Illinois. 11 a.m. Eastern kick, so 10 a.m. Central kick for your Illini. 55 and a half is the number on this game. No way. This is going to be an ugly, unwatchable game. I do not see 56 points of offense being scored, especially considering that Mendenhall is more of a defensive coach. Illinois wants to run clock. They're not going to throw the ball all over the place. This is just an under. Like I can't believe this number is this high. This is one of the best gems on the board. I think this week uh, I, I might consider Illinois plus the ten there as well. I, I kind of similar to Nebraska. Like I was on in week zero. I didn't bet UTSA, but every gambler i knew was on utsa last week it was just known that that was a fall-off spot for illinois and that utsa was pretty good so now you get to go back to illinois now that they're getting a little extra value because they lost to a g5 school uh illinois plus the 10 might be an interesting side there to take as well for in a low scoring ugly game getting that many points but the under is just just chef's kiss great uh, do you have anything you would like to ask me about? Or... Well, I
1: want to go to Miami App State, too, because I mean, you talk about ebbing and flowing a little bit. Sure. That number, unless it's moved, that number is at minus eight and a half right now. I didn't check to see what it opened at. Alabama is just good. Like, that was purely Alabama in week one. You and I have talked about that we were both frustrated with ourselves that we didn't take Bama at minus 17 two months ago. Fourteen and, we and were a half two doing... two months ago. Right, I think we were doing yeah. that what's it at 14. We were doing a half. the SEC preview, and I mean you were talking about how once we hit training camp, the Bama hype train's gonna go up, they're gonna be ranked number one in the coaches poll, they're gonna be ranked number one in the AP poll, they're gonna be ranked number one in Athlon and Lindy's and, and Phil Steele and all that, and this number is only gonna go up. I thought it was at seventeen, but fourteen and a half is ridiculous. Because I mean that game never felt like it was gonna be remotely close, and it was never remotely close. And I think Miami actually comes off of that game being a little bit undervalued right now even though i was impressed with app state as i'm sure you were too because we were both a little bit higher on east carolina and i thought that game would be a hell of a lot closer than it was it sure felt
0: like it was over at halftime if, if you the- watched it the the east carolina game it it felt closer like it, it really it,
1: i only caught some of the first half and it just didn't feel like they were in that game at all
0: yeah i mean i i thought it felt closer than the final score looked, but Okay. It also didn't okay. feel like a one possession game. Either. Well,
1: that, that's the take I want. Cause you probably followed that game more close than I do. I think Miami right now is just being undervalued at eight and a half. This number feels like it should be nine and a half or 10 at home against app state. Even though we have a lot of trust in that app state program, we know exactly what they are for the last 10 years. Almost. It feels like Miami is probably not getting enough respect here. Even though Miami is consistently one of the most overvalued teams in college football now for the last two decades, Feels like they're a little bit under where they should be.
0: Yeah, I think your logic here is good. It's a buy low spot. People are going to be gun shy on Miami now, and I think App State, the last couple of years, has been just a little overrated because they had a, two or three really good years where they were like in the conversation for best G five school, and they're not quite that anymore. They're really not even the, one of the best two teams in their own conference. Uh, so. I do think your your logic here is sound. It's a sell high for App State and buy low for Miami. I wonder if Miami got the shit kicked out of them so bad last week that they're, they're actually going to lose that game again this weekend uh, or, or at least have it be close enough where they win but don't cover the, the number that's north of seven here. So this is a no play for me. I like where your head's at with it, and I think it could definitely come back for you. I'm just going to stay away and and see how Miami looks uh, removed from this Alabama game that was just, I mean, couldn't have gone much worse for them.
1: The only other specific game that I want your take on before you go rapid fire on us, Northern Illinois is a six and a half point home dog. I
0: saw this. You always yeah. talk
1: about that number. Is the book begging you to take one side or the other? We briefly mentioned was Northern Illinois' win at Georgia Tech, the most shocking result of week one. There was a strong argument that it was Wyoming Wyoming didn't look all that great against Montana State. You talk about home dogs all the time. I don't have a great read on this number because I feel like they're begging you to take the 6.5, but are we overreacting? Maybe Georgia Tech just isn't that great. You made some comment on Monday, I think, to the effect of that would be quite the overnight turnaround for a Northern Illinois program that's been pretty bad under Thomas Hammock the last two years to all of a sudden be Decent, I guess, So, like contend for a bowl spot. Are they being overvalued right now, or is Northern Illinois just that decent, where catching six and a half points at home? I mean, that's a massive home dog.
0: It. it I'm not sure what to do with this number at all. Uh, I mean, yeah. you broke it down well. Wyoming, Wyoming, kind of last minute win over Montana State. Northern Illinois, completely shocking, blew up a ton of money line parlays when they won uh, in uh, in Atlanta. I'm. Stand away from this game. I have no idea what to do with this game. It opened at Wyoming minus four. it is now I mean it's about to go to seven. it right now Wyoming is minus six and a half minus 120. So it's about to go to seven and I just I, I don't I don't know. I, I don't know what Northern Illinois is. maybe they really are better. Maybe it was just a fluky result and we don't want to overreact with week one. Wyoming was supposed to be decent this year. But they, I mean, Montana State's good. They play a very similar style to Wyoming. So stylistically, I don't think it's surprising that that game ended up being close and that Montana State had a chance to win. I think there's a chance that Wyoming is being undervalued here. But it's just, it's way too many variables to try to sort through and figure out what the right side is. So, I mean, this is, this is a hard, hard pass for me. This is like, if I had to bet every, if I had to rank every game I wanted to bet, this would be way down the list.
1: Do you want to go full ham on us now and run through what you got? I do.
0: I just one quick thing. I, I think I would mention before I get to the rest of my sheet here. Not a this is a this is a really tough week to handicap. So be very careful. Not just because of all the overreaction and everything. It's just there's a lot of really tough numbers, weird numbers, and tough matchups. Uh, so I, I be very careful this weekend with college football. And also there are some. God awful games on this slate this week. Uh like Tom Fornelli does the bottom twenty, which I really enjoy. He's gotta have like three or four bottom twenty game of the year candidates just from this week alone. How I mean, how bad is Vanderbilt? That they are hosting Colorado State. Colorado State got smashed by South South Dakota State last week. I
1: think like, it's in Fort Collins, isn't it? I think you're wrong on I, that. I think it's at Colorado State. I thought, it, Colorado Colorado was, I
0: thought State. it was in Nashville.
1: No, I think it's at Colorado State.
0: Yeah, yeah, it's in. Okay, Fort so it's in Colorado State. Fine. In Co- it's 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 at Colorado State. But still, Vanderbilt is a seven-point dog. A Power Five school is a seven-point dog to a G Five school that got boat-raced by South Dakota State last week, and it's because they got wrecked by East Tennessee State. So it's it's just like that that one, and then there's four more just like it. It's just like you could not pay me to watch that game. I have Akron's involved in one of them. There's just some really bad games this weekend, so I guess keep an eye out for that as well if, if you're, you know, sort of a college football sadist. My sheet, and we've already talked about a few of them. Uh, I got to bring bring up East Carolina here. It feels like I've been on the wrong side of a lot more East Carolina games than the right side these last couple years. I do feel pretty decent about this one. East Carolina opened up as a two point favorite against South Carolina. The game is at East Carolina. Okay. They open up as a two point favorite, which already is weird, right? You would not expect East Carolina. I mean, I might expect East Carolina to be the favorite here, but in general, general marketplace principles, East Carolina minus two over an SEC school that qualifies as a smelly line immediately gets bet to South Carolina minus two. Okay, so four-point flip where East Carolina is now a two-point dog. I'm sure this is going to keep – I mean, I'm not sure, but I would imagine it's going to keep going to South Carolina minus three, at which point you could get East Carolina plus three. East Carolina feels like the right side to me. This is a classic. Uh, the, the right team was favored the first time, and everybody bet it the other way, and, and now you can get the right team catching points. Like I, You see 10 games like that a year probably. I really like uh, that dynamic as well, and maybe I'll be on the wrong side of another East Carolina game, but it, it just feels like there's a lot to like in the mechanics and the bones of that, of that cap. Uh, I talked about Toledo. I talked about Rutgers. Middle Tennessee State plus 20.5 against Virginia Tech is an interesting game. I have been very transparent about my inability to correctly handicap Virginia Tech games, so I will offer the same caveat here. I did a good job staying away from the debacle last week where I just said if I had to bet 50 games this week, I wouldn't bet this North Carolina Virginia Tech game. I'm just not interested. So that was a good pass on my part. Now I think it's probably time to sell high with Virginia Tech. Maybe Virginia Tech's good again, okay? We don't know. Maybe they are. Maybe it was a fluky win and North Carolina is going to get their shit together and and go be a good coastal team. Uh, Just as possible. I would argue that's more likely. This is a great sell-high opportunity against Virginia Tech. They had the big win. Now will they have a letdown spot here against Middle Tennessee, which is catching 20.5 points. So nice bundle of points in a letdown spot after a big win. Give me the Blue Raiders was Middle Tennessee? Something like that, right? Where, where's the respect? I, yeah, I'm usually pretty good on the mascots, but I'm... This is coming from an FCS guy, I know, too. I I'm mean, usually...
1: people on Twitter talking about the
0: Jackrabbits versus the Coyotes. <sighs> yeah, 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 yeah. Oh, boy. Am I right about that, Middle... though? Blue Raiders? Yeah. Oh, yeah. What, what, what are you giving me a hard time for? What that. city are they located in? Oh, Come back geez, and give us a I, I was section. just in Tennessee, too, but I'm not going
1: to... You're about, you know, half hour away from it. Was I? All okay.
0: right. Well, I'm not going to tell you. Uh, Texas State, your Bobcats... Just, this is a bet the number classic. They are catching one and a half at Florida International. It's just the way this number was hung. Give me the Bobcats. I like Texas State. And we talked about Washington and Pitt, Tennessee under 57. I, I want to emphasize that I think that is a great play, the under there. I, I know some people betting on the pit side of it as well. I think that could, that could be a decent pick as well. You, we actually talked about this game in the offseason when we were breaking down Tennessee's season win total.
1: Oh, that's And right.
0: you, I think, included Pitt as a probable win for Tennessee, and now here they are as a uh, three, maybe moving to three and a half soon road favorite over the Vols.
1: Middle Tennessee State Blue Raiders. I think they yeah. still have State in there. I, got, I think they're kind of like right. huh. ebbing and flowing like when Nichols dropped the State. Yeah. And they're kind of pulling some of that shit. Well, I, th- I think they have the the,
0: uh, the the thing that Middle Tennessee has that, like, Nichols and Sam Houston don't is MTSU sounds kind of good, whereas, like, SHSU just sounded kind of dumb. And Sam Houston sounds good. So, pour some out for your defending FCS national champions.
1: They good this year?
0: I think they'll be good again this year. I bet them on the road as a 10-point favorite week one, easy cash. Love it.
1: Remember to ping Chase on Twitter. Jesus, we're at an hour and six minutes. We gave this, you guys
0: baby. the meat this week. I mean, we're oh, like Arby's shit. up here.
1: Did you have that written down, or did that just come off the that's tip just of the off tongue? Off the
0: tip, maybe. Jesus Christ!
1: Remember to ping Chase on Twitter at Chase a with any specific betting questions for this weekend. For any weekend, we can only get so much into each episode. Want some advice? At Chase a Kitty on Twitter. We're back on Monday. That's September thirteenth. And what we'll do, like I mentioned, we'll probably do a quick preview of Monday Night Football Betting, in just a minute or two on that. Why or why not? Why or why we're not taking those numbers. Uh Raiders right now at plus four and a half. We'll see if that moves. Also get into some various discussions after the weekend. Reactions of college football NFL. And then back next Thursday, that's September 16th for week three college football betting, week two NFL betting. But thank you for listening. Check out those numbers on BetMGM.com on the BetMGM sportsbook app. Place your bets, and we'll see you back here on Monday.